first of all, I just want to say thank you very much, Joe Black, for coming on to Back to the Books after, I'm sure, a very busy week you've had. Oh, it's been quite the week. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's been a lot. But, you know, I'm here. I'm ticking along. I've got my coffee. Um, I've got, you know, this this computer balanced on top of a keyboard surrounded by um, washing. I've Lovely. got a ring light. I've got a wardrobe behind me. I've got a hat on. Uh, literally anything could happen. Anything could happen. Um, I'm not going to dwell too much on a little TV show you were on that people might not be familiar with. Um, <laughs> I just want to ask you, how are you feeling? Because obviously it has been a mad week and a lot of emotions and a lot of fans coming to rescue you. How are you feeling right now after a week of processing things and speaking to people? Um, uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, really, really nice. I didn't, you know, uh, I spent months dreading because I knew what happened. Mm. Um, uh, months dreading it. And then uh, literally the moment the episode finished, I was like, okay, cool. People got my back. Yeah. It, it was literally that fast. Like mm. it ended, I looked at my notifications. It was like, okay, I'm good. I'm fine. Um, uh, so yeah, well, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it, it, it felt very loving. And um, I think reality TV generally is is surrounded by an air of negativity quite a lot. Mm. Like I really expected to get um, more kind of abuse because mm. uh, I thought, well, that's what just happens with these things. Mm. But no, not at all. I think going in, though, you were I mean, I've followed you figuratively, not literally, of course, for about five years. So I know who you are. And a lot of people knew who you were. Even the other queens knew who you were. Did that sort of bring the pressure up, do you think? No, I'm, I'm fairly naive. I went into it and I almost forgot it was a competition. I was like, cool, <laughs> we're just here to look gorgeous and do nice things. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Hi, so girls, I, what are we here for? Yeah, it, it was like, I don't know, in my head, I was like, oh, we're just here to have a gorgeous time and all look gorgeous and do our best. And, and you did. You did have a gorgeous time and you've I made did. a lasting impression. You really have. And I do want to say the look you showcased last night for what you would have done for the surprise, surprise look. Gorgeous. Absolutely Thank gorgeous. You. Thank you. My, there was originally a, uh, I originally wanted to make it three parts. So I wanted to go from uh, caterpillar to cocoon to butterfly. But um, ah. I don't know if you saw the actual transformation, but it, it's, Yes. Um, it it looks rather quick, um, but it's it, it basically takes a team to set up because it's so elaborate uh, underneath uh, that, you know, it, it is just the pull of one thing that makes mm. it happen. But it's getting it to that point requires like multiple people to sure, get you ready okay. for it. It's, it's, it's basically a magic trick. OK, um, <laughs> like something out of Cirque du Soleil. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Um, Cirque du Soleil. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we wanted to add a cocoon, but then I was like, do you know what? I can't have more layers of fabric hidden. I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't have it all there. Uh, you'd be sweating as well. You'd be so warm underneath all of that. I mean, those work, the workroom is fucking boiling. <laughs> See, I heard it was cold. A lot. I, I yeah, that's was... because everyone complains and asks to turn the like, uh, air conditioning, that's the word I'm looking for. Like it, it will never be cold enough for Ellie Diamond. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, can we can we get the air conditioning colder? <laughs> As you're there in like three layers and a like fur blanket, like oh. 
Yeah, exactly. When you when you breathe, then then you know icicles. Yeah, icicles come out because icicles hanging off the nose, and it's just Ellie like in the bikini going, "I need it colder." Oh, I can't wait for that untucked footage. Now, I wanted you on Back to the Books because a few months ago you put up a performance of you singing the song uh, This Is Not How the Story Goes from a series of unfortunate events. And they are one of my favourite series of books of all time. And the TV show, I think, did a phenomenal justice to it. And yes, Joe Black is definitely a character that belongs in the world of Lemony Snicket. Is was the Lemony Snicket books an influence on Joe Black? Yeah, I, w- I would I would say so. Whether I, whether I realised it or not, um, mm. I think uh, the the original film um, aesthetically as well, uh, it, you know, really really sums it up. But I, it was only when I saw the TV series I realised how much I think I was inspired by it. It was because mm. what it does is it does, and it's a very Barry Sonnenfeld, who was one of the producers on it, um, who was also the guy who directed the Adams Family um, film um, uh, and Adams yes. Family Values, but he was also the director of the series of Fortune Events film as well. Oh, uh, the one with Jim Carrey, yes. Yeah, so he has a very particular kind of mix of kind of campy gothic. Which mm-hmm. I really, really love because a lot of people said to me, oh, you're spooky, goth, goth, goth. Uh, but mm. I guess I am in like a series of unfortunate events type of way uh, where mm. there is kind of a darkness and a bleakness, but it's still really, really camp. It's not just horror. You know, I never just do scary or horror. No, it's glamour. It's camp glamour, spooky gothic. It kind of, it's all these facets into one, like... You are Esme Squalor, essentially. And I think, I can't remember oh, the actress's name, but whoever, I can't Lucy remember her Punch. name, but she, yeah, Lucy Punch, a phenomenal job. One of those rare yeah. instances where you watch it and say, that is exactly how the character is and how the character was in my head. So bravo to that. Have you seen um, What We Do in the Shadows? Oh my God. Hilarious. Film and TV well, show. She's, well, she's in the TV show. Is it? Uh, is she, she plays, Lilith, plays Lilith. Oh, that's her. The, the, the main witch at the end. Yeah, that's Lucy Punch. Oh my goodness. The I didn't realise till the other day. So I'm friends with Helena, um, who was on um, Great British Bake Off, um, the the Goth Baker. Yes. Um, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> you, you know, the spooky baker. You know, making bad things out of sugar. <laughs> um, that Helena, <laughs> Helena, um, and I didn't realise until Helena literally mentioned it the other day, we were talking about something and she said, oh, you know, when I did the cameo and what we do in the shadows. And I was like, what, what do you mean? What, no. I said, what do you mean the cameo you do and what we do in the shadows? And she was like, go to the coven scene at the end of season two. Uh, and then it's when they turn um, Lilith, played by Lucy Punch, turns into Nadia. I'm doing the, the finger thing, the bunny finger thing. Yeah. Uh, turns into Nadia and it looks nothing like Nadia. And Nadia stood there going, what? This woman doesn't even look like me. And they're like, <laughs> I'm sorry, darling. I can't tell who's talking if you're next to each other. And it's just this joke about, you know, she's just got dark hair. Um, and and, and the, 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 the clone clone of Nadja was played by Helena. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back now and watch that because I, I've been trying to get my friend into what we do in the shadows. And because it is a very niche humour, like... Well, um, that, that sort of sums you know, up that, that sort of uh, along the lines of serious unfortunate events is that it's... It's essentially something dark and gothic, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, 
exactly when i was younger i always liked the the repetition or the word play how they'd highlight a word and they'd put it into how you would use it and then that scenario would always crop up later on about like a fountain or something like that and it was so small but so clever and i really mm. liked that attention to detail and i see a lot of that in what you do because you have your own I hate to say it but you have your own brand and aesthetic like you are you and i don't think there's anyone else there out there that does what you do thank you the, I, it's world building which is why i love series unfortunate events is that you watch the series you read the book mm. uh, and you're entirely you're entirely transported it's it's mm. it's it's so specific and everything is accounted for mm. like every little detail is tied in perfectly you know it, mm. it, i keep them i mean we know we're supposed to talk about books but in, in the cv series things like telephones yes. any technology and stuff <laughs> and what i liked about it is that it's it's tech stylistically i think it's meant to be set in the 20s mm. um but there is technology from the 60s 40s 50s mm. uh, things like styles of telephones or uh, just things that are around cookers that mm. kind of thing not everything is one particular Mm. time period it's within and without but, a, a time essentially it's timeless because it has this mm -hmm. multitude of things and i think that's the brilliance of it as well and going from that was there when you were sort of getting into drag and discovering who joe black was were there any other literary influences that you had because even when i watch you perform and your outfits my mind i'm like that's daphne du maurier that's f scott fitzgerald that's also alfred hitchcock uh, I know not an author, but a fantastic filmmaker, and I just see you in these worlds. Yeah, I mean, a big part of my inspiration look comes from illustrations, uh, and it's 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 taking what an illustration can give you as a vibe and trying to make that into a tangible performance. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I'd never thought about Hitchcock actually, but Tim Burton is is uh, is is one for that. Yes, where again a very particular kind of style uh, you know maybe earlier on it was more kind of Tim Burton curates a cabaret show and now it's gone more a little bit lemony snickers I've gotten mm, older mm -hmm. uh, and, and more refined because Tim, I mean Tim, I mean I love Tim Burton but there is still more of like a kind of wacky childish quality to the Tim Burton stuff yeah uh, whereas I think lemony snicker even though they're technically young adult books they're not children books, they're nine to twelve they? i used to be a bookseller and their class is nine to twelve fiction okay so they're, they're children very yeah children's books um because very dark it. children's books yeah a lot of people die a lot of murder a lot of death yeah and they're not afraid to sh like show it either um so like even though that's see i didn't realize they, they were technically i thought they were teen books yeah well there's an ongoing debate but when I was a bookseller we put them in 9 to 12 because I had to do a display when the show came out and I brought them forward in the hopes that people would buy the books we drew like the eye around the signs and things but yeah the 9 to 12 in the bookshop I worked in people might class them differently but yeah that's the thing they are very dark but also enthralling as children's books yeah the books are really i mean even rereading them now i still like laugh out loud you know i, I have the the eye the eye tattooed on my ankle i remember you telling me um on instagram because i've been wanting to get it done for ages i just keep putting it off but i've always wanted the eye on the ankle tattoo well it was a very last minute thing i've wanted it for years and years i think i wanted it from when i very first read the books as like a 
uh, you know, as a teenager or whenever, I can't remember when they came out. Um, but I don't remember being that young. I remember reading, I think it was the hospital one. No, maybe it was the Vile Village. I remember reading it in a Cafe Nero in Portsmouth um, when I lived in Portsmouth, because that's where I'm originally from. I think I remember reading it in a Cafe Nero and I, I remember like the table I was sat at but I guess I was old enough to go take myself out for coffee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a seven-year-old popping down to Cafe Nero. <laughs> I was going to say like, uh, one flat latte, please, stat. And <laughs> like, just sat there with like glasses down reading. Yeah, I don't even need glasses, but I was, you know, still wearing them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, re- I think I remember reading Vile Village and um, The Hospital in that Cafe Nero. I also remember reading American Psycho in the Starbucks around the corner. Um, and getting really nervous of people seeing the pages. I don't know if you've ever read American Psycho. I haven't, but I've seen the film, but I've always wanted to read it. The 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 film is basically a children's show compared to the book. Uh-huh, I've heard this. Um, yeah, it's uh, quite graphic. And I remember, like, even though no one's going to lean over and read exact sentences from your thing, but that as worries. I'm reading about these her- horrific scenes i was like sinking sinking into a corner and like hiding the page from everybody um, <laughs> oh god yeah. oh god oh god oh god yeah but that's I, yeah I, I remember specific places that i've read certain books mm-hmm. like i remember reading deathly hallows on a bunk bed at my mum's house the night yeah that came out because we went and there was like a midnight release or something yeah yeah i did that uh, like really vivid memories. So it's ser- I remember serious unfortunate events, village in a hospital in a cafe near. I remember American Psycho in a Starbucks, uh, and I remember Deathly Hallows on top of a bunk bed. I think those those are the ones that really stick out for you. And I remember reading, um, uh, being on Southwest trains, reading The Vestuvius Club by Mark Gatiss. That's another one actually. Is that, that I really like? Is the um, the Lucifer Box series. Oh uh, yeah. Um, uh, reading that on Southwest trains. I mean, I have you have you ever read no, that? No, I've not heard of that actually. No. Highly, highly recommended. Um, you know, do you know who Mark Gatiss is? I love Mark Gatiss. Mark Gatiss wrote so it's basically like a a libertine bisexual James Bond character. Lovely. Uh, that, you know, with secret societies and cults and and stuff. And there's um Uncle Black Butterfly, the Vesuvius Club and um the um devil in amber okay three books and i think they're set through so i think it's 1930s 40s and 50s or maybe 20s 30s 50s i'm gonna make a note of that because each episode we always log the books we've talked about so i'll definitely make a note of that and add them to the ever-growing list because you can't see to the side of me but there are just towers of books getting larger and larger um as this lockdown's going on yeah i keep so much I keep buying books uh, and then realizing I'm too busy to read them, but I keep buying them anyway. Um, uh, and they're just going Same. up and up and up it's and up. Not a bad vice, though. There are worse vices out there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last book you bought out of curiosity? What was the last book you purchased or oh. gifted? Um, someone gifted me um, his dark materials. The. Um, Ooh. the the first one oh the northern lights northern lights yeah someone gifted me northern lights um and the same person gifted me um the penguin book of hell 
Ooh. So it's it's a uh, it's a collection of all the the, the different various uh, descriptions of hell and. I've got one similar. It's the Penguin Classic. So it's like a lovely cloth-bound book of all like the classics and kind of like detailing what goes in and sort of like a tick list essentially what goes into classics, but very very gorgeous cloth-bound cover. You say then like you you get time well you don't get time to read anymore. Like that love of reading you had when you were younger has that transferred over into you getting older or has it kind of gotten lesser because of how busy you are with work or it's 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 gotten lesser because i i, I find because it's i think reading it's one of those things where i'll go like i wait for the perfect moment because i want this to be perfect mm. uh and then i keep putting off and keep putting off because oh no i've got to do this uh, no i've got to do this oh, i've only got an hour um i can't you know it I think social media and stuff has also tainted that mm. because it's e- it's easier for if you've got half an hour to spare mm. to flick through, sadly, to flick through social media. Uh, and I'm a bit addicted to it at the moment. Um, but I need to, um, at the moment, it's also what with, with, with what's happened and stuff, I'm finding my new, um, new boundaries for myself and um, learning when to shut off and when to say no mm. and when is an appropriate time for something at the moment yeah. it's like go 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 but that's that's impossible to keep up there's, there's no way yeah uh, so i i i have um belief and faith uh, that once everything starts on a nice kind of um rhythm uh, that things like reading because you know i spent the last 13 years really pushing for uh, you know, success in in in, in a theatrical and, and career aspect, mm. which often left me, you know, uh, ignoring other things like, you know, um, leisurely activities. You yeah. know, because it was just work, 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 yeah. work, work, work. If I wasn't thinking about work, then then I was doing something wrong. Um, but now I think I'm lucky enough to, though I still have to work really, really hard. Is um, I'm now surrounded by people that deal with things that otherwise I would have had to have dealt with Mm -hmm. um uh, that takes up time and I didn't really realize uh how much energy goes into everything so I'm uh one of yeah one of my aims is to to read more books because now when I do sit down and go I'm going to read a book (laughs) I sit there and I get I get so lost in it and again I'll get like a little bit in like I've been trying to read um I really like uh, playing games as well, if I have the, the time, yeah. computer games. Um, and I really love the Bioshock series. Oh, um, excellent. Love Bioshock. Yeah, it's very, and uh, very uh, the, the kind of anachronistic, vintage, uh, out of time stuff. You know, I've just announced a tour called Decapunk. Um, uh, all the, all the, the dates and stuff are being announced next week, but the pre-sale um, sign-up's gone on. Um, and that was a show I did a few years ago. I love the word decapunk because that also is is what Bioshock is considered the first yeah. one. Um, it's, so it's 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 you know like steampunk, uh, where it's futuristic steam power, decopunk. Uh, I just love the idea of taking a traditionally very clean deco things and they just mm. fuck it up. And like um, the Batman, the Batman animated TV series is considered decopunk. Oh, well. the the nineties one. The 90s one. The 90s cartoon one, yeah. And also, yeah. I think Batman ret- Returns. Oh, uh, so deco. So, I mean, I watched it recently, and the whole time I was like, those sets could be out of Metropolis because of how art deco it is and the lighting. I mean, it's one of my favourite Batman films. And then when I was younger, I was terrified of it. Like, I could not watch the opening where 
baby penguin snatches the cat. I just had to fast forward it because I hated it. But as I've gotten older, I've learned to love it and appreciate it more. Um, it's my favourite film of all time. Oh, so good. And genuinely funny as well. Like Danny DeVito's yeah. Penguin inspired choice. And because I was so young when I first watched on video, I think it was rated 15 as well. And I was like six or seven. It is still a, yeah, I think it is still a 15. And watching it, I was terrified but enthralled. And I had no idea that Penguin was in the original source material, like an aristocrat. Like he, he wasn't like a deformed mm-hmm. monster. And that was just his take on that. And sort of in retrospect, I think that's an inspired choice. It's the only time they've done him, it's the only time they've done him like that deformed. Mm, uh, like in, an in, in, grotesque. In, yeah, in the games, he's like a... Cockney um, geezer, isn't he? He's, he's a cockney geezer and he's got the monocle, but it's the bottle stuck in his mm, eye. So mm. it's still a bit grotesque, but... Nowhere near as Danny DeVito, because those no. are the, the arc the Arkham games um, that I love as well, because they're really, really fun. But like you say, he's more of a Cockney geezer and he's got the slight kind of deformity in the face, but just like a East End gangster you wouldn't want to mess with rather than circus <laughs> freak. <laughs> I realised what, I was sort of, I sort of, we went on a tangent there. What I was going to say was Bioshock. Uh, they, I love when people adapt things like games as novels, because I mean, sometimes they are, they are pretty dreadful when translated to a book because it's just someone who's gone oh, I'm going to write the book of this and it's just like yeah. this random person that's never released anything before uh, but there is a Bioshock one about the um, I think it's literally just called Rapture uh, about the beginning of uh, Rapture and that was the last thing I was reading and again it was just before everything kicked off for Drag Race I was like getting through it mm. getting through it really loving it and mm. I I liked um, I put on like really dramatic classical music in headphones and read it. Uh, I, yeah. That was quite nice. I'd never done that before. Normally I read in silence. No, I have to listen to music as well. I find a, a playlist that someone's either created or create my own, depending on what the mood's like. So I read just before Christmas, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier, which if you've not read it, do, because it's an incredible Gothic novel. Um, it's a bit slow to start with, but once it gets good, it's good. And then Hitchcock famously did the film in the 40s, which is also very good. And again, I feel like Joe Black belongs in that world of glamour and art deco, but also there's a sense of mystery and gothic there as well. Mm-hmm. Don't watch the new film with uh, Lily James and Arnie Hammer because it's just nowhere near as good. But What's it called? Rebecca. Rebecca. Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Um, and then Hitchcock did the film, um, which I believe is the only Oscar he won ever. Oh. So there you go. So going back a year then, so obviously you must have got the call for Drag Race sort of early on. And then obviously you film, you go home, pandemic hits. Where What does your life become then when the first few weeks have hit in terms of like working, but then also trying to find time to like read and gather influence for like future looks and performances like what happens then well I, I mostly just painted anything that didn't move in my house <laughs> like in fact, in fact even cloud even klaus said he was asleep well well didn't didn't have klaus at this point actually klaus came later oh. um i'm looking now so i attempted starting to paint the bookshelf but because there's so many books piled on it uh, you obviously have to wait for them to dry um there's four bits painted, ten to go. Oh, okay. So it's like an ongoing thing. 
Yeah, but that was started in like April. Okay, and I'm presuming you'd filmed and had come back at this point. Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, from going from one um, <clears throat> bizarre isolation to another. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's all very hush-hush and, you know, uh, tucked away. And then going from that to just... You're going on yeah, a cruise, I told yeah. people I was going on a cruise. Um, <laughs> did, we, they, did they believe you? Because <laughs> when you put that picture up saying, I'm going on a cruise, I'm like, I just feel like it's like it's such a random thing to be like, do you know what? Going for a cruise, don't care. Well, I mean, I had done them before, so I thought it was a good lie. Uh, they said, you know, uh, what was your cover story? And obviously I wasn't really paying attention to the COVID thing because it hadn't quite kicked off in the UK yet. But what I didn't realise is is that cruises had been stopped uh, okay, uh, or were being okay. held. But it was some were being like held at sea, weren't they? Oh, because there was that story of like that couple that were like trapped on for like weeks and there was that picture of them in the papers and they were just red like lobster red with arms folded looking furious that they were trapped on a cruise ship for weeks on end so did you have to tell people that you were on that ship i just i then pretended i'd never said anything because <laughs> then obviously with the pan- with the pandemic hitting it's like everyone's uh priorities of conversation changes mm. as well so that was quite nice because it was like aha no one's questioning me about anything anymore yeah where were you where doesn't matter smoke bomb i've been at home uh-huh. <laughs> i've been painting my bookshelf for six weeks yeah just 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 four shelves not the other uh, ten. okay well there you go it's a start though and then in that kind of time then when you weren't painting did you have a good relationship with reading or was it a bit difficult because i know me and my um co-host isabel we said how there was almost like a pressure on that you should be mm-hmm. reading and you should be posting more and you should be productive with your time but then because I was furloughed uh, from my previous job at the time and it almost felt like it was a chore to read because my mind was yeah. not there and I was worried I was anxious and I'd read but I'd have to reread the same page again and again and again and I wonder did you sort of go through a similar thing or was it just completely not even on the table? Yeah no I I think I think that, that, that with you know, the first lockdown and, and the pandemic and stuff, I think there was an air of um, unsettledness about the whole the whole thing. So uh, I think it was hard to focus on anything, which is why, again, things would get like half painted and mm. then abandoned. I think uh, for me, the pandemic was, um, and the first lockdown was uh, instant gratification mm. is yeah. what I needed. So uh, if I could paint something in half an hour and it'd be done and I don't need to look at it again before yeah. it's all painted that was great uh, so I think stuff like reading really took a uh, a back seat with it I've got a lot of art books is, is something I do have like I probably have more art books than I do actual reading ones because as I finish reading stuff I generally tend to give them to people mm. that's a good thing to do um, if it's not something I'll, I'll yeah if it's not something I'll read again um i'll generally like pass it along but even then looking at i don't want to say picture books but they are picture books like art books um i found that even looking at those because i was like oh, i've got to be inspired you then open it and feel a pressure to be inspired and then suddenly everything feels mm. really blank and it was yeah i think reading i think reading is very much an act of self-care mm-hmm. uh, and i think with the for myself personally i couldn't quite settle on anything so the idea of sitting down and going i'm gonna do this for me yeah 
uh, felt a bit strange and quite hard to do. I think I, uh, the Bioshock book was one that I kept revisiting. And also I got, um, I get given a lot of biographies. Okay. Um, uh, people, so I've got a collection of kind of old Hollywood biographies that people at shows and stuff have given me as time's gone on. And I keep starting um, a Mae West one and then stopping and then starting again because I've forgotten what's happened. You know, and it just, the cycle keeps continuing. Yeah. And then I've got, um, you know, um, Swanson on Swanson, which is the biography of Gloria Swanson, which again, I've got all of these. I keep collecting things and then never getting around to reading them. But this is what I, I, you know, also I'm kind of glad, you know, got um, booted off Drag Race so quickly because hopefully, you know, everything can settle and I can just sit at home and read for a little bit. <laughs> gorgeous. It's doing my taxes as well, actually. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, living a wild life you are, Mr. Drag Black. I know. It's incredible crazy but it's fun though i guess because it's discovering that love of reading again and like you say it's the act of self-care being like i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna read for an hour because i can and i will rather than trying to succumb to the pressure you might get because you mentioned earlier about social media and how obviously i think everyone's relationship with it during Mm. pandemics changed for better or for worse because i know that it definitely messes with my ability to concentrate at night when I'm reading um, and I have to reread and things like that as well. But I guess for now, as because of Drag Race and the craziness that's ensued, your social media is just like a fire all the time now. Yeah, I, I can't keep up on everything. I, I, I was like, I'm going to reply to everybody. And then I got eliminated <laughs> and I was like, ah, uh, 10,000 messages. I right. guess I won't. Be. I was like, I guess I won't be replying to people mm. um you know my message requests i've just like i've had to abandon ship because i'm like no can't too many yeah. you know i i kind of like skim through them and there's some really 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 lovely things um but that was like a very that was also a little bit of an act of uh, of self-care to go take the step back uh, take a step back and go hello everyone i see your messages they're really gorgeous really really lovely uh, but uh, you know, I can't reply to everybody because if you reply to people, then they reply to the reply, and I was like, no, no. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I really appreciated everything people said to me. Something I was going to say actually was, um, yeah, there's a weird, there's a weird pressure uh, with being a creative person, especially with the pandemic, was to like you said to do stuff and be um, proactive. Proactive. Uh, I. And I, I've only literally just clocked at this moment. So there's a pressure to turn everything you do into a business venture. Yeah. For sure. As a self-employed person, there's like, how mm. can this be made work? Uh, and I did one live stream. And it's before I started doing live stream shows. Yeah. Where I dressed up as Marlena Dietrich. And I read the first few chapters of Series Unfortunate Events. Amazing. As Marlena Dietrich. But again, uh, I somehow managed to turn reading a book i love into work into a performance uh, and it was it didn't feel like work because it was lovely but now I'm just clocked and gone why did i do that why couldn't i have just not dressed as anything mm. not turned on a camera mm. uh, and just have read a book yeah it's kind of mixing that pleasure and work aspect to sort of integrate and rather than keeping the two separate i mean it's a fantastic idea but this is why people start Etsy's. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 they're doing something they love and then suddenly they're like, right, this is the pressure now, put it on Etsy. <laughs> There's a girl that I follow and she, um, during the lockdown, started painting stills from The Simpsons. And I 
she did one for like the Treehouse of Horror for Halloween. And there's one, I'm gonna have to quickly show you. It's um, inspired by Alfred Hitchcock because on the Alfred Hitchcock show, he used to come out in a shadow and there'd be like a silhouette in front of him. And they did one of the Simpsons. So I'm gonna quickly show you. Oh, it's Homer. I don't know if you can see. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I remember that scene. That's really fun. Do you think now your relationship with reading is going to change because you've had this kind of epiphany of reading for pleasure? I, I mean, I've always weirdly bled um, private life in with work. And I'm, and I'm hoping that it's going to make a clear break now. Uh, and then stuff mm-hmm. like reading can actually take the forefront of my own private time. Yeah. Rather than me constantly just work, 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 you know. That's mm. uh, that's that's my hope with this. It was uh, to yeah try and cut a, yeah. a clear snap between the two, because I again mm. that pile of books. I keep looking over here like because there it is. Uh, that pile of books is just mounting up and mounting up, and they're very very varied um, uh, from you know Disney adaptions of the origin of Ursula to you know Gloria glorious what you know you can buy it in Asda for four pounds. You know what I mean? Um, Amazing. Uh, um, and then, you know, Gloria Swanson biographies, reading <laughs> PF biographies and Bioshock origin stories to, uh, you know, rereading series of books. They're just fucking, mm. they're just stacking up and yeah. stacking up. And the day uh, that I can go, I am free. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to make a little nook and I'm never going to come out again. A little reading nook. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. I need to move to a bigger house. I keep finding excuses. I keep finding excuses not to read because I got, oh, it's not quite perfect. I haven't got quite the perfect chair. Uh, I, I can see you in like a, a library with a big chair, a globe with alcohol inside or like some various bits and bobs or like a, a secret passageway down to a little nook further, things like that. Very Through a bookcase. Yeah, exactly. Exactly something like that. I mean, un- Uncle Monty's house from, uh, you know, the reptile room. Mm. That that's the dream. I always envisioned myself when I was younger. I really saw myself in Klaus, and I really sort of wanted to be like Klaus Baudelaire in terms of his love for books. And he was like a little bit of a nerd, but um, didn't help that when I was younger as well, and I saw the film in the cinema, I really fancied the actor who played Klaus. I was like, Kieran, you need to stop this. <laughs> this obsession with Klaus Baudelaire is too far. Well, that's why my my cat's called Klaus after Klaus Baudelaire. Yeah, oh. yeah. A lot of people think that um, uh, a few people thought it was named. He was named after Klaus from the Umbrella Academy. Mm. Ah, um, yes, of uh, And also, I mean, people thought Klaus Kinski, who did Nosferatu in the seventies. Mm. Um, uh, but no, it was in my head. It was it was Klaus Baudelaire, and I wanted to get a a, a sister cat to Klaus at some point and call it Violet. Oh, would you get another and call it Sunny, or would you just leave it at the two? I think I don't think I could deal with three. I think two is like looking after one, but three is very much looking after three. Yeah, there's no in-between or distinction. It's literally you get one or you get three cats. I've got two and it definitely feels like two at the moment. Do you think, I've, I've been told if you have two, because they kind of tend to stick together, it's like one. Well, the thing is, we, so my oldest is 20, she's 20, so she's like 90 in cat years. And then we found two kittens in our garage about four years ago. I think the mum, Wildcat, had them there, abandoned. And we took them in. And sadly, we lost one of them a few years ago. So now we've got like a moody teenager because he's, yeah, four, which is like teenager age. So it's like old lady, 
young teenager, which is a Netflix sitcom waiting to happen, if I'm truthfully honest. Klaus is only six months old, so I'm, I'm looking forward to these moody teenagers. Oh, well, enjoy them, because he just has this tendency to, like, nag the older one. Like, he'll just look at her, and then he'll just raise his paw like this, and then he'll just go for her for no reason. But then sometimes they'll cuddle up on the sofa together and they're fine. So, yeah, it's a bit of a world distinction. Before <laughs> I let you go, Mr. Joe Black, what's going on in the future of your world? Like, I saw you announce a tour this morning, which I've already signed up for tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is going on in the world of Joe Black? Well, you know, every week with, uh, you know, the Drag Race episode airing, there's I'm, I'm doing, I've done lovely photo shoots for... Uh, all of my uh, all of my the looks I had planned um yeah. you know I've got my patreon uh, which you know was absolutely amazing to do over lockdown I'm really connected with people and it helped me um at a time of great financial difficulty for the everyone in the entertainment industry it allowed me to get things to make better visual and audio content mm. you know uh, which wouldn't have been possible without that and now it's, it's getting more exciting more people are signing up and uh, there'll be exclusive content on there. And then we've got the tour. Uh, and then hopefully, um, so maybe some special collaborations in the future. Ooh. That I, I, that, I, that I can't talk about right now. I won't possibly get you to divulge any more secrets because I don't want to get into trouble. But that sounds very exciting. And I'm glad that it's that way with Drag Race because it is a machine. Um, but it's also reality TV. And I think people can forget that underneath all the glamour, all the makeup and the wigs you're people and you feel things and you go through things and to see you get all the love and support which you deserve because of how talented you are it's lovely to see and it's really it's just nice I think when we're all going through tough times and I think Drag Race is definitely one of those things that everyone can look forward to every week and it's unanimous with bringing people together Mm -hmm. and it's nice to see you part of this journey and like all the famous first queens that go I think you know you're going to live on forever. I hope so. I mean, I'm mostly intending on not dying out of spite. (laughs) I mean, in general, like, I refuse to die. In a rocking chair, like, 96 years old, like, nope, not today. Today's not the Mm -hmm, day. mm -hmm. (laughs) Death will come and I'll go, nah, 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 nah. (laughs) Not today, sweetheart. I've got too much on. (laughs) I'm having a gin. Go away. (laughs) 